Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph, and this is week two of our series about affirmative, the adventure of yes. And this has to do with saying yes to God, saying yes to your life, the kind of things that, that make room and then fill that room with something positive. This is sort of how life works, and this is a really, really big deal. Now, I hope you had a chance to watch the uh, lesson that I gave last week. You can go back and watch it, although don't do it right now. Wait until we get done talking. But I want you to know that we're doing things a little bit differently for the month of November. As you may know, if you've been watching these videos for a while, the way that we have done things previously, for example, the way that we did them last month was that I gave the talk on the first Sunday like we're used to, and then for the subsequent three weeks, we had a conversation about how that big idea applied to the big picture, life, the universe, and everything, how it applied to how we live it in our own lives, how we feel it, and then finally how it applied to expressing out there in the world. And we used three foundational books to do that. The big picture book is a book called Lessons in Truth. The How Does It Feel in My Own Life, in My Own Situation book is called Christian Healing. And then finally, the How Do You Live This Stuff book is called Prosperity. Now, you probably know that, and I know that a lot of you know that, because what we got was an overwhelming uh, list of responses. So many people got back to us and said, okay, great, I love those books, they're important books. Can you just teach a class based on those books. And I have to tell you that people have been wanting me to teach a class for a really long time. Back when we were having physical church in a physical space, we didn't have it available any time other than Sunday, and so we couldn't teach a class any other time, that sort of a thing. And so we just kind of put that idea on hold. But now, for the rest of the month of November, well, at least for the next three weeks, we got something special planned for the fifth Sunday. But for the next three times that we talk, I'm gonna teach a little class. And today, the class is based, that's why we have the podium out here, by the way. Today, the class is based on lessons in truth. Specifically, there's a chapter in lessons in truth called affirmations. And you can imagine how that's going to work out and how we're going to work through it together. So, if you have a copy of Lessons in Truth, go ahead and, and uh, grab it right now. If you don't have a copy, that's okay. You're not going to miss out too much. You're going to want to pick up a copy at some point, but you're going to be able to participate in today's conversation without it. So with that in mind, let's have our opening prayer. God is and I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. So, as I said, we're going to be looking at the Affirmations chapter in a book called Lessons in Truth. If you do have a copy of LIT, your cover probably looks very different than mine. And, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but I do want to let you know that this book came out in the late 1800s. And so over the years, in the more than a century since then, it has been published and republished and edited and some stuff has been changed and, and that kind of a thing. And so it's okay if some of the things that I say when I read a passage or two sound a little bit different than what you're reading in front of you. That's just 
how time works and how things work with it. But I have to say, I'll show you one more time. This one with that funky arrow on it, this cover, this is called a facsimile edition. And this is a very, very special thing. This is a very, it's one of my prized possessions right here because the facsimile edition was taken from the original plates, the original presses of the book. So it's as close as we can get to what the author, Dr. Katie, had in mind when she wrote the book all those years ago. But like I said, some of the things I say may, may sound a little bit different than what you're looking at. No problem. You can get a brand new copy of Lessons in Truth on Amazon, all that kind of stuff. If you follow the link from uh, the church's website, the church gets a little bit of, uh, of uh, kickback from Amazon that helps us keep the fires burning around here. But however you get it, grab a copy of Lessons in Truth. But one more time, if you don't have your copy, it's okay. You're still going to get a lot out of this. So one way or another, buckle in. This is going to be a great class. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your questions and your comments as we work through this. So that being said, the chapter begins with an excerpt from the book of Job. Now I'll read you what I get in the uh, NASB translation. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. You will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. That last part's the important part for right now. You will also decree a thing and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. This is important for a lot of reasons, not the least of which being that people are, who are into positive Bible reading tend to avoid the book of Job. You know, it's kind of a downer in some ways. Bad stuff happens to him and all of that stuff. But if you know the story and if you're brave enough to really work with the story, because no lie, it does require some work. But if you really work with the story, it ends up in an incredibly powerful, empowering place. And it's got something to say to you and me, because listen, you and I have been in situations where we felt like we lost everything, or we felt like the thing didn't work out. If the Bible only applies to people whose lives are working perfectly, then it doesn't apply to you and me all the time, does it? There's a lot in the book of Job. But right now, the thing to remember is, first of all, this affirmation, thou will decree a thing, it'll be established for you, all of that, comes after all of this stuff is taken away. Now that's an important point. Remember, we spent the previous month, the October series, talking about making room. You don't get to this place where you decree a thing and it's established for you until you take out the trash. That's important. That's why we have our denials, our letting go, our taking out the garbage, and then we have our affirmations. But there's a deeper thing that goes on here. In the book of Job, part of the lesson is God says to Job, basically in so many words, you have no idea how all of this works. It's not your job to know. Remember last week we talked about the idea that the details are God's job? This is part of that conversation. The basic idea is it's not your job to make this work. You can't have a happy life because you go through the motions or because you've memorized all the books because you know a guy. And part of the problem that Job experiences is he thinks that outer stuff is going to get him there. And whether it's, well, regular church attendance, I don't mind that, but that doesn't guarantee anything. Or whether it's, I faced all the four directions and I saged the thing and I wore the thing and I got the right amulet or whatever. If it's an outer thing, it doesn't make an inner change. And so God says to Job, you have no idea how all of this works. Maybe it's time you let go of that and let me do that part. And in that release, Job finds his blessing. 
Job, in other words, figures out what to say yes to, finally. And let's really look at that passage one more time. You will also decree a thing, and it will be established for you. That's important. You don't magically make a thing happen. Something else, God, does the work. Back in the New Testament, when Jesus says, If you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, Be up and cast into the sea, and it will be done for you. Same deal. There is a wonderful symmetry between those two ideas. And finally, the passage ends with, and light will shine on your ways. It isn't your light. It's God's light. And when you know that, when you know what to say yes to, amazing things happen. So that's what's at stake with this chapter. But before we get too much deeper into it, it might be worth understanding how you got here. You know, think about it. It's, if you're watching this live, it's Sunday morning, just a little bit after 11 o'clock and all of that you probably could have some brunch. You could sleep in. You could do a lot of things. Maybe there's chores to be done, and yet you're taking time to do this with me. And I can't tell you, first of all, how grateful I am, but nobody's looking. Nobody's grading your church attendance. And so, in other words, you're doing this for you. Oh, that's pretty great. That's pretty powerful. Let's dig into that. What is it that brought you here with me right now? In the book, Lessons in Truth, in this chapter, Dr. Katie says that most people start their spiritual journey, their religious quest, their relationship with God, whatever you want to call it. Most people start that journey because of some kind of a sense of dissatisfaction, some kind of a sense of hunger. Think about why you're doing it. It doesn't mean you have to be upset, but it does mean that you recognize that there is room for a fuller kind of life. It does mean that you recognize that there's room in your heart for something bigger than you, something more than your to-do list, and there's a part of you that isn't defined by the job you work and what people think of you and how much money you have, right? You have recognized that there's something bigger. There's room for something bigger in your life, and that's huge. Most people start their religious journey their spiritual path, out of some kind of sense of dissatisfaction, some kind of a hunger. Now, remember Jesus said something about blessed are they who hunger and all that, so you're in good company. And in fact, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, I, I don't know how, if you've been exposed to this, but I've seen so many times people in positive religious situations saying that it's not spiritual to have a problem. And yet, you know, necessity being the mother of invention, having a problem is kind of the beginning of the solution. Let's be the kind of people who don't look down our noses, spiritually speaking, at people who are having a problem. And let's also not be the kind of people who feel like we're judged if we happen to not be 100% on the right page with everybody else at church. It's okay if things aren't working out. It's okay if you have doubt and fear and questions. I love your questions. It's okay if you're chewing on this. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst. If you start with that hunger, well, you're going to get filled. It's okay. Lean into that, in fact. Figure out what it really means. Because again, in the chapter, Dr. Katie says that that hunger that you felt that caused you to fire up your web browser or whatever this morning, that causes you to seek this stuff, that reminds you to take some time and pray that those things, 
that hunger? Is God talking to you? The next time you feel some kind of a sense of emptiness, some kind of a sense of, oh man, something's got to happen here, some kind of a hunger, some kind of even dissatisfaction, take a minute and go, wait a minute, God is trying to tell me something. Let's raise the stakes a little bit. Let's really honor that. Yes, yes, that feeling gets filtered through ego stuff and emotional baggage and whatever, but at its core, it's God talking to you. Frankly, how else is God going to talk to you? We've got a lot of channels on our television, but it doesn't go up that high. How's God going to talk to you? Most people have left almost no room for miracles in their lives. They try to prove everything and know everything and control everything and run everything. You know what I'm talking about. Whether it's because they're explicitly rational people or whether it's because their spiritual path has so much to do with if I buy these things, I'm guaranteed a result. Either way, they're trying to hedge their bets. And they don't leave room for magic, for miracles, for God to talk. So honestly, for most people, the only way they get their calling is by God putting that little hunger somewhere in their hearts. And that hunger, when listened to, is the beginning of being filled. That's how this works. Dr. Katie says, that the supply is always equal to the demand. I love that. I'm going to say it again. The supply is always equal to the demand. That hunger that God has through you is the miracle that needs to happen. That's what it is. The next time you feel hungry, say, okay, wait a minute. This is the miracle that needs to happen. Now, what do I got to do? How do I translate this into marching orders to do something about this? Make this into a to-do list item, you know, that kind of a thing. Figure it out. But acknowledge first that the supply is equal to the demand. And then remember what the demand is, where it comes from. This is huge. Then you'll know what to say yes to. And that is huge. I want you to know, just as it says in the book, and just as we have said so many times, you don't have to make things happen. Remember, it's not your light that shines. Remember, it will be established for you. Remember all of the things that we've talked about so many, many times. You don't have to make things happen. That is God's job. And it's the job that Job learns about. You don't have to make things happen. You have to instead be still and know. Be still and know. And let that knowing then carry you into action. But it has to do with receptivity. It has to do with listening, with responding to something instead of forcing something. And you know the difference. As I always say, it's the difference between paddling and surfing. Do a little less paddling in your life and a little more surfing in your life. And you'll be a happier person and life will work for you because you've given God a little bit of room. You don't have to make things happen. Just be still and know. Sometimes you got to know it. This is a tough part. If you're writing something down, this is a good thing to write down. Sometimes you have to know it in the face of the way things look. Sometimes you have to know it in the face of the quote-unquote facts. That's the big deal. The doctor tells you something you don't want to hear. Your job is to be still and know that God is life. And that power that, that put me on this earth, that brought me into expression, is the power that can cleanse and heal and 
fix it. And you've got to know that in the face of somebody telling you maybe not. You know, the fact may be that the money's not there, but you know that God is your source. You just got to connect the dots. And that might sound overly simplistic, but the truth is simple, my friends. That's how all of this works. Sometimes you have to be still and know in the face of facts because the deal is that God is bigger than those facts. Think about all the times something powerful happened to you that was too big to explain. It just happened. It just was. It just is. Think about how those are the things that are meaningful, like we always talk about, that are magical, that move you. I love it. In my version of the book, it may or may not be in yours, I've got this quote. She says, spiritual laws cannot be compassed in mortal words. Spiritual laws cannot be compassed in mortal words. In other words, you don't got to explain anything to the doctor. You got to explain anything to the checkbook. Yeah, you got to live in that world. You got to deal with the doctor. It's good to get a checkup. It's good to balance your checkbook. Live in that world too, but understand that that world can't define you. Understand that spiritual laws are bigger than that. And stop trying to prove it and explain it and wrap your head around it and just start trying to live it. Try, here's the thing, try to say yes to it. Look, if, if I showed up at your house and said, hey, I want to give you a million dollars, some of the people watching this would say, yeah, I know, Dieter. I'm, I'm down for that. Okay. And some of you would say, I don't know. What's the catch? Maybe I shouldn't. And I get that. I'm just a person in the world, and maybe we don't even know each other all that well. But I'm telling you, God is saying that to you all the time. I'm telling you that that's what's on the table. You get to decide how you respond to that. You get to decide if you're going to look for the fine print when God shows up at your house. How will you respond? It's not a hypothetical question. It's happening right now, and you know it. I got to tell you, so often my work with people when they come to me from a different religious path and they say, I just, how do I get started with this? How do I pray? What do I read? What do I do? What do I say? Do I kneel, bow, stand, sit, spin, do the hokey pokey? What do I have to do? How do I get there with God to make it okay? People phrase the question in different ways, but that's the essence of the question. And I got to let you know that so often what I have to say to people in one version or another is this. Are you ready? God already likes you. It feels like I shouldn't have to say that, but I find myself saying it a lot. God already likes you. You don't have to make yourself likable by God. What, are you going to change your hair? For some people, it might not be a bad idea, but you know what I mean. So, as we talk about affirmations, here's one of the rules about how affirmations work. Affirmations don't change God's attitude towards you. It's the other way around. Affirmations don't change God's attitude towards you. They change your attitude towards God. The point of an affirmation is not to talk God into anything because God doesn't work that way. 
The point of an affirmation is to get yourself to a place where you can agree with God. God thinks you're wonderful and God thinks you're worth healing and saving and growing and everything. Do you? You get to decide how you feel about that. You get to decide how you live about that. But that's what affirmations do. By the same token, and remember this when we get to the fourth affirmation. I'm going to read them to you in a minute. Remember that affirmations are not about talking your heart into anything. Affirmations are not about talking your heart into anything. In fact, you know, good luck with that. You ever try to talk yourself into something? Ever try to talk your heart into something? You read some self-help book about how everything's supposed to be good even though you feel rotten and you read the book and it says everything's wonderful and you're loved and it's okay and you read it and it feels like a lie and it doesn't do anything for you. You can't talk your heart into something. That's not what affirmations do. You can repeat over and over again the words, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me or whatever. And if you don't feel it, you don't feel it. That's not what affirmations do. An affirmation is not about talking your heart into anything. Here's what it is for. And if you're going to write something down, this is what it is. An affirmation is not about talking your heart into anything. An affirmation is about bringing into factual awareness that which your heart already knows. That's a lot. I'm going to say it again. An affirmation is not about talking your heart into anything. An affirmation is about bringing into factual awareness that which your heart already knows. So what does your heart know? Maybe you're not used to listening to it, to finding it even. This can take a little bit of practice. This is why we have our prayer time. This is why we sit in the silence. This is why we have church. We're going to get to the place where we're really good, you and I, at listening to what our heart has to say. But right now, wherever you got to start, start there. What does your heart know about how God works? What does your heart know about love and truth and beauty and inspiration and honor and valor and all of the things that, that make life worth living? What does your heart know about those things? An affirmation is just you talking in agreement with that. No matter what the facts look like on the outside, when I speak, I speak into the world of facts what I already know to be true in the world of truth. That's what an affirmation is. So stop trying to lie to yourself. That ain't an affirmation. It's a lie. So if it feels like a lie, here's a rule for affirmations. If it feels like a lie, quit saying it. It just means that you might need to start a little bit smaller. You might need to start with a little bit more specificity. It might be that the big sweeping affirmation about how the world is all lollipops just doesn't feel right to you, so put that on hold for a little while. What do you know? God got me up this morning and my, my lungs are working. <laughs> Thank God that my digestive system is kicking in. You know, whatever. Thank God for gravity. Thank God for cooling the gang. Whatever it is, hey, those are good things. Whatever it is for you, start where you start. Your affirmation is about bringing into factual reality that which your heart already knows to be true. And it's okay if you need to start small. It's okay if you need to be more specific in your life. Now, with that in mind, in the book Lessons in Truth, she gives us, Dr. H. Emily Cady gives us four sweeping affirmations. And these are definitely big picture things because Lessons in Truth is a big picture book. And so it might be that these feel too big for you, but I will say that in one way or another, these affirmations cover everything. 
So I'm going to read them to you, and like I said, you have them in your book as well, but that might some of the wording might be a little bit different, and that's okay. That's why I'm not going to show them on the screen or anything like that, because it doesn't really help. If you've got the book, use your version of it. If you don't have a book yet, like I said, just listen along. So here are the affirmations. Here's the first one. God is life, love, intelligence, substance, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. God is life, love, intelligence, substance, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. Well, that's a good place to start. And don't you like the idea that she doesn't say God is omnipotent, which means an all-powerful guy, like Charles Atlas or Superman or somebody but rather God is omnipotence. All instances of power are instances of God. God is not omniscient, a smart person. God is omniscience, all-knowingness. And wherever there is knowledge, wherever there is mind, there is God happening. God is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. He doesn't see you when you're sleeping and know when you're awake. God is omnipresence, not omnipresent. Wherever there is presence, there is God, and this is deep stuff. So right away with that first affirmation, we are redefining our terms and understanding that wherever we are, God is happening. And if you really know that, that can get you out of a lot of pickles, you know? It's a great place to start. Second affirmation. I love this one. I am a child or manifestation of God. And every moment, His life, love, wisdom, power flow into and through me. I am one with God and governed by His laws. I'm going to say that again. I am a child or manifestation of God, and every moment, His life, love, wisdom, power flow into and through me. I am one with God and governed by His laws. Okay, so we know who God is in the first affirmation, and now we know a little bit about who we are. Each and every moment, I claim my birthright. Each and every moment, that wisdom and power and presence and all of it is a part of who I am. I am one with God and governed by His laws. Once again, that means I'm not governed by what the facts are. I'm not governed by the diagnosis. Yeah, it's real, it happened, it's factual, and I'm going to deal with it. I don't have my head in the sand, but I understand that I'm not governed by that. I'm just experiencing it. I'm not governed by it, I'm just experiencing it. And that is a huge difference, and when you know it, you can start to really live. Okay, affirmation three. This is a good one to remember, I have to say. I am spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid, for spirit is God and cannot be hurt or made sick or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now. One more time. I am spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid, for spirit is God and cannot be hurt or made sick or afraid. I manifest my real self through this body now. If God is who God is, and I am who I am, this is what I can experience. God doesn't get sick. God doesn't get hurt. God isn't afraid. There's a part of me that is just as indestructible, just as unkillable, just as unscarable. And I manifest that real self through this body now, through this moment, through this experience. Mm, that's a heck of a choice. And finally, the fourth one. God works in me to will and to do whatsoever He wishes me to do, and He cannot fail. One more time. God works in me to will and to do whatsoever He wishes me to do, and He cannot fail. Now remember, I said a little while ago, we're going to pay a special attention to that fourth affirmation, and there it is. It's God 
who does the willing. It's God who does the doing. I am surfing this. I can fail, and I have failed. <laughs> Haven't you? We're not going to judge that. It just, it's one of those things. But God doesn't. In those moments, when I need that affirmation, those are the moments where I remember, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to work with God instead of trying to do it my own way. That's the Job lesson. That's your lesson. It's mine. That affirmation is saying, all right, God, I'm out of the way. What do we got to do? You and me. Oh, and that's powerful. And I say that's powerful, but I want you to remember with me as we start to close up the class today, I want you to remember that these affirmations are not magic words. It's not going to do you a lot of good to tattoo them on anything or embroider them on anything. I think they're beautiful. But they're not as beautiful as what your heart has to say. You might need to tailor these things to match your situation, to match where you're at. Like I said, it can't feel like a lie. If you don't feel spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious, it doesn't matter how many times you say it. It's not about rote. You'll get there. You might need to save these affirmations for later, and that's okay. What's going on with you right now? What does your heart know right now? They're not magic words. Use what works for you. Use what your heart agrees with and open yourself to bigger and greater agreement as we go. If you've been around uh, Water and Stone Church for a long time, you know one of the affirmations that we use a lot, we use it in our opening prayer that we shared just a little while ago, and we use it all the time, is this. You ready? I am ready. There's a lot in there. There's that I am, that idea that that's what God calls himself. It is God exists, so do I. Let's do this. It's a good affirmation, if you know what it means. And one that I use all the time, too, helps me, is I just say, I know who I am. There are times when you get scared. There are times when, well, I don't know if this is going to work. There are times when I don't know where to turn. You know, those kinds of moments. But wait a minute, who are you? You got this far? God got you this far. Do you know who you are? You know, I think so many times the, the Jesus Christ message, when people would say, I'm no good and you're everything, Jesus would say, look, God's our Father. The thing about me is I know who I am. So do you? Do you know who you are? Because who you are is pretty amazing. And yeah, you're just starting to discover it. That's okay. This is an endless journey, but what a trip to be on. Look, th this affirmation thing this is how the universe works. It's time for you and me to get to work, too. So thanks for, for studying this chapter with me. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. We're going to have our fifth Sunday. It's going to be more like an Ask the Pastor kind of a situation where we can answer some questions and do that, but we'll know more about that later on. In the meantime, keep those questions coming in the dialogue and in every other way. This was a lot of fun. I want to let you know that next week's book is Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore, but you probably already knew that. With all that in mind, I want to thank you for all that you do to support this ministry. Thank you so much for, for liking and subscribing and sharing. Thank you so much for participating in the comments. Thank you for all the emails and text messages and everything else that, that you send in during the week. It means a lot. Thank you for all that you do. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for living this.
If you want to support this church financially, and frankly, we're counting on you to do just that, you can go to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. It really does make a difference for us. With that in mind, let's keep those gifts of substance in our minds and our hearts and share our blessing together. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is and so it does. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we always say, no matter where you are or what you're doing or when you're watching this, remember that you're not alone because around here we pray as a family. Let's do just that together. God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube or you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.